We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up in a minute. We will look ahead to the week to come, the matchup with the Arizona Diamondbacks and beyond. Uh, and uh, a quick note about Gabe Kapler as well. But first, forgot to mention, uh, of course, as the Phillies, just no luck with injuries this week. Andrew McCutcheon, of course, the injury earlier last week. And Sir Anthony Dominguez in the same series as the UCL injury. We're waiting on the second opinion, but not great. Expecting Tommy John surgery coming his way. And then, of course, over the weekend on Saturday, one of the guys we're feeling good about, the guy who had that big game-winning hit in Game 3 against the Padres, of course, the rookie, Adam Hazley. Injured hip, apparently a hip flexor put on the injured list. It's, it's almost hard to believe at this point. Nick Williams called back up. He played on Sunday. Just a bummer. Uh, I was excited for Hazley to get the opportunity. Hopefully he can heal quickly, get back trolling center field Franco getting more playing time which of course in my opinion not ideal but uh, we'll see what happens quickly before we look ahead to the week to come the uh, the matchups after that and all that I quickly wanted to just take a quick moment and praise Gabe Kapler uh, I feel like we have not done a good enough job this season especially for someone who was so derided last season not here not on this show if you listen to me I've always been uh, a supporter of Gabe, but obviously the fan base at large, the man was booed the first time he stepped on the field at Citizens Bank Park. And look, I understand there have been some questions and, and there's been some questionable decisions, some strange ways of going about things or, or whatever. I understand all of it, but at the same time, what this man has done this season is really really impressive we're looking at a team that is nine games above 500 and in first place that has lost seven arms in the bullpen they have seven guys on il including three guys in sir anthony neshek and robertson who coming into this season were expected to be the three most important pieces of the pen and adam morgan who once the season started it turned out was one of the most important pieces of the pen those are some serious injuries, and then you lose Andrew McCutcheon. They've battled some other injuries over the course of the season so far. Your center fielder gets placed on administrative leave for domestic violence. There have been a lot of things that have gone wrong with this team so far, and that's not even mentioning the fact that Harper hasn't gotten to the level we expect from him, that Hoskins has been ice cold for a month now. Romuto still not hitting like we would expect him to. There has been constant underachieving for the most part the pitching staff at times has been a disaster the starters as we know Aaron Nola not the guy we expected to see Pavetta down to the minors and back blah 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 we can go through the whole thing the one constant the one thing that you can say is they keep winning baseball games they keep bouncing back from gut punch losses and how could you not give Gabe Kapler some credit for that he's done an amazing job managing a, a mash unit bullpen they have a bullpen ERA that's one of the best in the National League. They have a staff ERA that's the fifth best in the National League. With an injury to Eflin to deal with, with Pavetta getting sent down, Eikhoff coming up, this, that. There's so many things that Kabler has had to manage around and find ways to get through. And I've just been really impressed. And I don't think that we as a fan base have done enough job of, uh, enough of a, a good enough job of after last season, the, the, the crap that this guy took, um, and now you know he's actually doing a really good job. He's got a first place team, a team that plays hard for each other, a team that seems to like each other, a team that seems to believe in him. All this type of important stuff that 
I just don't think he's getting enough credit for. So so I want to make the case that, that Gabe Kapler is doing a really outstanding job for the Philadelphia Phillies this season. And it looks like he might be a good manager. It looks like the Phillies might have found someone for the future, someone who can be an important leader for this team. I, I Look, again, we're only a year and uh, a little under a year and a half into his tenure as manager of the Phillies. And he had one of the worst two-month collapses you could ever imagine in his first season. So uh, I'm not ready to anoint him as an all-time great but I do think that he's done a really good job. And I think that in terms of the lineup, he's done a nice job of not overreacting to things, of making really tiny tweaks to it. And not really, you know, everyone's so worried about Gabe Kapler and the lineup. What's this guy going to do? Analytics, this, that. And I think he's done a really nice job of keeping status quo for the most part and of mixing and matching in the bullpen to find ways to get outs from guys and, you know, riding his starters the right amount of times. I mean, how many times the the Nick Pavetta thing in LA, which I personally agreed with, I thought he made the right move uh, pulling Pavetta for Gosselin in that spot. It was a 0-0 game. You need runs. They ended up scoring no runs in that game. So I understand it. A lot of people thought they pulled him too early. But other than that one decision, there has not been a single pitching decision this season where everyone's complained about Kapler removing a starter too early, right? I mean, that hasn't happened. And that was such a rallying cry for the Kapler haters last year. I just think that all the things that people got mad at him about, and granted, he hasn't you know, crapped on his players in public. I do think he's been more negative this year than last year, which is still something I don't understand why people care so much about. But ultimately, I think he's responded there. I think ultimately, when you look at Gabe Kapler, I think he's done a, a fantastic job this year. And I think he's done a really nice job of rebounding from a lot of the things that people had issues with with him last year or so. Credit to Kapler. That's where I'm at with the guy. I, I'm I'm really impressed with what he's done and the way he's rebounded this year. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. All right, looking ahead, a big uh, a big stretch coming up here for the Phillies is they have played 36 straight games. Uh, excuse me, they have played 33 straight games. It will be 36 after this three game series against the Diamondbacks that begin tonight. Um, they have played 30. Three straight games, now to 36 against non-NL East opponents. And then until the All-Star break, it is only the NL East. All NL East all the time. They have three in Atlanta. Those are going to be huge monster games. Three in, excuse me, four in Washington. Then they come home for three versus the Marlins. So you got your tough ones on the road there. Three versus the Marlins. They actually play six against Atlanta this month, all on the road. So that's a little nerve-wracking. Uh, so three in Atlanta, then four in Washington, three at home versus Miami, four at home versus the Mets. Then they round out with a ten game, uh, excuse me, a nine game road trip heading into the All Star break. So that's uh, also a little nerve wracking. Three in Miami, three in Atlanta, then three in New York against the Mets. We're gonna know. Look, we said in May we're gonna know a lot about this team after May, and they had a really nice May. Um, now it's gonna get really interesting because. This is where the bread is buttered. They've got six games against Atlanta before the All-Star break. They have seven games against Washington. Excuse me, four games against Washington, seven games against the Mets before the All-Star break. They have a real chance to create separation in this division, and it's going to be really exciting to see what they can do. But first, they still must get through these three at home against the Diamondbacks off day Thursday, then to Atlanta for three, which is Obviously going to be crazy exciting, but three against the Diamondbacks first here at home. Jared Eikhoff takes the tonight against Clark for the Diamondbacks tomorrow. Jake Garrietta against John Duplantier, and then Zach Eflin against Merrill Kelly. What I will say, the Phillies could not have lucked out more in terms of the 
pitchers they're facing. No Zach Greinke, who's been awesome this year. No Robbie Ray. It really worked out well. They really got lucky, and you got some nice arms on the hill with Eflin. Hopefully, Arietta can figure it out. He has been just awful lately, so you hope that Jake can figure it out, and then of course, Eikhoff tonight. We'll see. Eikhoff, six innings, three or four runs. That's what he seems to do every time out. Hopefully, the Phillies can put up some runs. They have a nice matchup there as well tonight. So, um, Either way, big series. It's a big series. they got to keep churning out these series victories. As it's going to get real with the NFCs coming up later this week. So, uh, Hopefully, they can continue to churn out victories against teams that they should beat. The Diamondbacks, a solid club, but the Phillies are better, and they should be able to take two or three. We'll be back to break down game one and to look at as well tomorrow as hopefully they can get it done tonight until then thank you for listening to phillies today right here on the phillies 24 7 network the phillies were unable to close out the sweep yesterday down in citizens bank park but still a successful weekend taking two of three from the cincinnati reds at 37 and 28 on the season still in first place by a game as the braves win a thriller yesterday in 12 but uh, the Phillies still looking good as they head into a three-game series with the Diamondbacks starting tonight. We'll break it all down. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday, June the 10th, as we come off a, a frustrating game yesterday for the Phillies, but ultimately a really nice weekend of baseball and a really nice bounce back after the first game in San Diego. First of all, after getting swept by the Dodgers, then going to San Diego, they lose that first game and, of course, lose their leader, Andrew McCutcheon, for the season there as well. And yet, they bounce back. They take two of the next games, the last two in San Diego, to win the series there, 9-6 to and 7-5. And then uh, and that 7-5 win a game, they were down 5-2. They battle back. They're resilient. They find a way to win it. And then they come home and they win the first two against Cincinnati. Granted, they lost yesterday, but still a really nice showing. And again, 37-28, and 28, you feel good about how this team has bounced back after the Andrew McCutcheon injury. So much to dive into from the weekend. And then, of course, we'll look at three games against the Diamondbacks to start this week out. We'll dive into all of it. But first, let's look back, starting with the 4-2 victory on Friday. This was one where the, Bra- uh, the Reds got out to a early lead Joey Votto hits a home run in the first inning that looked like it wasn't home run and the ball just kept carrying and carrying and carrying and ultimately finds its way out of the ballpark off of Zach Eflin it would be the lone blemish however against Eflin he did allow two runs only one earned but Eflin goes ends up going six and a third only allows four hits four walks a little concerning but six strikeouts in his first start back from the injured list with the back injury the tightness in the back I thought a really productive outing from Eflin. I think you have to feel really good about having F back, having him in there, and, and he did Zach Eflin type things, gave him a chance to win. The Phillies get on the board finally in the fifth inning is down one nothing the entire game. Tyler Malley on the hill. Finally, the Phillies break through in the fifth inning, and how do they break through? Of course, Jay Bruce, another home run is Bruce. Uh, continues to make his presence felt facing his former team, the Cincinnati Reds. Bruce, a 380-foot bomb to the opposite field. As he's had a lot of power to the opposite field. It's been really impressive. Scores Romuto as well. The Phillies would also score a run on a throwing error by catcher uh, Tucker Barnhart in that inning as well. Scott Kingery would come home to score, make it 3-1. to one. The Reds would make it a little tighter in the six, and uh, uh, Jose Iglesias' RBI single to make it 3-2, but the Phillies... Tack on another in the eighth. Gene Segura 
Uh, grounds into a fielder's choice. Cesar comes around to score on an error by Peraza, and ultimately that would be all she wrote. Hector Neris, 13 for 13 in the ninth year in this spot, uh, gets the save. Velasquez pitches a really nice inning for them as well. The bullpen really comes through in this game. Jose Alvarez gives him two-thirds of an inning. Velasquez an inning, and then Nectar, uh, Nectar, Hector Neris, Nectar shuts it down. And uh, look, it was interesting because the Phillies offense really didn't get going all weekend, but they were able to just do enough to to take the series. This one, a, a nice one again. I think the story of game one, definitely Zach Eflin, the return looking really good. And the story of the next game would also be about the pitching. We'll get to that in a sec. But I, I think you feel really good about Eflin's return from the injured list. And, and look, Eflin has been consistently the best pitcher on this team this season. I know that sounds crazy thing about at least the best starter for sure is he has a 2880 ERA on the season now six and five I don't know he's five losses that's hard to fathom but Eflin a 2880 ERA and uh now that he's back looking good I think you feel really good about Eflin moving forward and um who'd have thunk it that uh we are in June uh 10 days into June and Zach Eflin your most reliable starter all season long when healthy and Eflin showed it again on Friday and of course Jay Bruce man I, I like I jokingly tweeted on uh, on Friday, I said, Jay Bruce is the greatest Philly of all time. And then on Saturday, Bruce would do some more, and I said they should build him a statue. I don't know what to do next, but Jay Bruce just has come into Philly. Uh, again, I said it last week, really the greatest start in a, uh, a new team uniform. I remember in Philadelphia as Jay Bruce just continues to mash he would have a big hit on saturday too in the second game of the series a four to one victory bruce would the phillies again go down one nothing but in the bottom of the first jay bruce with a bases loaded single makes it two to one the phillies would never look back at jt romito made it three to one a jt romito homer in the fourth would make it three to one and a gene Segura rbi triple in the fifth would make it four to one but they wouldn't need much as the story of this one folks Nick Pavetta is legit back. We were all very excited with the start in Los Angeles. Granted, they lost the game, but Pavetta against the best lineup in the National League, one of the best, if not best, in the sport, and certainly one of the best against right-handed in pitching. Pavetta goes into Los Angeles, six shutout, nine strikeouts, three hits, was just outstanding. And that's the exciting thing about Nick Pavetta is, is if you can get Pavetta, I mean, Pavetta was someone who... This team was counting on coming to the season. Breakout Pavetta was a thing. It was a thing that was discussed not just in the media, in fans, whatever, but also from the team, from the players. I mean, Larry Boa kept saying, you're not going to believe how great Nick Pavetta is this season, and we're finally starting to see it. Pavetta, of course, the rocky year, the horrible start to the season, gets sent to the minors to work on himself, work on his craft. He comes back up, has that start. In the first game, uh, gives up uh, the rough first inning, three runs in the first, then settles in, pitches really well for the next four, gets the win, and then Los Angeles, the sixth inning start, and then he uh, saves the best for the next one. As on Saturday against the Cincinnati Reds, Nick Pavetta would throw his first complete game as a major league pitcher, goes the full nine, only allows one run, six hits, yet again, no walks, six strikeouts. Folks, if Nick Pavetta, somehow Nick Pavetta's ERA is down under five now at 493, but Nick Pavetta 
could be the X factor for this Phillies team, uh, legitimately. And look, I think you know his 15 innings, one run, 15 strikeouts, no walks since he has uh, since that Dodger start. These last two starts, that is elite type of stuff. And again, it's only been two starts, really three, if you want to give that first inning with the rain delay in that first start that he had was a bad start, and you know really settled in after that. If you want to give him that, but regardless. Nick Pavetta, the reason people were so excited about him coming into the season is that that the stuff is there. The talent is there. It's always been about him between the ears being able to put it together. We saw the talent flash last year. I mean, he had some really outstanding starts last year. The strikeout to walk rate is elite, literally elite, and uh, just hadn't, you know, look, came back this year, and we all were very disappointed. It didn't seem like Pavetta was going to be the guy we wanted him to be, and Oh boy, might he be that? As again, I can't tell you how dominant he was on Saturday against a Reds lineup that is is solid, not not bad at all, not not the best in the league like the Dodgers lineup he dominated. But took him 106 pitches, able to just work his way through the lineup consistently. At one point, uh, retired 17 straight batters. Think about that. That's so impressive. As Pavetta was just firing on all cylinders, and again, I can't overemphasize what this could mean for this Phillies team moving forward. If this team can have Nick Pavetta back and be the two or three starter that they dreamed or hoped he could be coming into the season, all of a sudden it really changes the trajectory for this team. It changes the team needs. It changes their approach come the trade deadline. And and look, it's good that Nick Pavetta will have many more starts before the deadline if we are now a month and a half away with the All-Star break there from the deadline, more or less. You know, you're going to get seven, eight, nine starts from Nick Pavetta to evaluate before this deadline comes around, and and those are going to be crucial. You know, uh, those are going to be really, really important as Pavetta has the chance to, if he can continue to pitch like this, and, you know, look, if he continues to pitch the way he's pitched the last two starts, he's going to uh, be a late entering into the Cy Young competition, but I do think that if he can just be effective for this team, it's it's really like you know, you had you I think a lot of people probably written him off after the tough start and, and if you can bring him in, it's like trading for a legit starter. You know, it's like just adding someone you would not count it on and you can all of a sudden count on is again Bavetta has just been outstanding his last two starts. The best pitcher on this team I I, I think you could say that And I really don't think it's too aggressive to say that, uh, you know, Zach Eflin and Nick Pavetta, between Pavetta's last two and Eflin's complete game starts, have had the four best starts on this team this season. Arietta's had a couple good ones. Nola has, at times, looked like Nola, that uh, 11-12 strikeout game was really good, too. But when Eflin and Pavetta are on, they can make a real difference for this team. And having them back healthy, uh, Eflin healthy, and Pavetta back potentially looking like the Pavetta we hoped we could get it really again it could make such a massive difference for this team now moving forward into the season for their ceiling and all that so really exciting developments on saturday very much looking forward to bavetta this week making another start and hopefully building on this and continuing down this road of positivity and and really you know uh, someone who could be a real dangerous weapon for this Phillies team. It's exciting. Unfortunately, the Phillies had the chance to go for the sweep yesterday and really looked like they were in control to do it. They go down early again. The, all three games, they go down one nothing. This is the only one they able. Uh, they actually take the lead back, but then give it up again. They go down one nothing in the second. The Phillies in the third take a 2-1 lead. Reese Hoskins, really strange play. The Phillies, uh, it goes as a two-RBI single for Reese Hoskins, but it was really a 
pop-up into foul territory that Joey Vada kind of gave up on because it clearly looked like it was going to go foul. And then all of a sudden, the gust of wind just blows the ball back into the playing field. It was really a wild thing to see. Hoskins gets the first two-run score. The Phillies take a 2-1 lead. Uh, it looked like Harper was out at the plate at first, but they review the play. He ends up being safe, so a really big thing there for the Phillies. But um, I know a lot of people talking about the Hoskins part of it. Is Hoskins did not run when he hit the ball at first, and luckily the ball landed in a spot where there were no fielders near it. Otherwise, it could have been a really boneheaded play, and people would have been really mad at Reese Hoskins. We know in this town how we react to people not running things out, but I think it also shines a light on on the idea that while we want players to run every ball out, and while Chase Utley, you know, for the most part, did run every ball out, uh, they're, they're, those guys are so rare, and, and it's no one runs every ball out. It's so hard in the grind of a season. Hoskins up with the bases loaded pops out in his mind pops foul like he's just upset with himself and he's not thinking about running and he's wrong don't get me wrong i'm not trying to make light of uh, you know if i were a major league baseball player and getting paid millions of dollars i would like to believe that i would hustle every opportunity i got but i i i do understand that that is not reality and i'm not going to kill hoskins that spot ultimately it didn't end up hurting the team but he should have run it out i don't think there's any question about that and um i, I just Again, not excusing the not running out, but I am accepting that that is just the way things work and that, that getting all upset about it is, isn't going to really do anything. Um, as we know, we had the whole Segura thing with McCutcheon and all that stuff, but um, I, I do agree. Hoskins should have run it out. There's there's no question. Ultimately, he locks out that it drops in the spot it drops in. He ends up getting a two-RBI single for it. Uh, the Phillies would add another run in the fifth, taking a 3-1 to one lean, and then in the seventh, it all fell apart. Aaron Nola had been cruising until then, really a nice outing up until that moment, and then the seventh, it all falls apart. Nola allows a couple base runners. They bring in Jose Alvarez against the lefty to try and get the job done. And unfortunately, Joey Votto, a RBI single up the middle, scores two. Eugenio Suarez would get an RBI single off Velasquez, who would replace Alvarez there. And uh, and that would be the 4-3 lead. The, uh, the Reds would never relinquish, unfortunately, as the bullpen came in, shut it down, Amir Garrett and Rysiel Iglesias able to close it out. And ultimately, the Phillies do lose, but a, a valiant effort. And look, Nola's final line, six and two-thirds, three earned runs, four hits, three walks, seven strikeouts. Too many walks. You love the strikeouts. At times, he looked, the curve was just nasty at times. A couple swing, uh, um, a couple guys caught looking for third strikes. It just was really nasty stuff. But ultimately, allows those two base runners, and Jose Alvarez allows those runs that do count against Aaron Nola, unfortunately. And um, ultimately, that was all she wrote, as the Phillies would fall. Four to three, unable to rebound. But uh, look again, not time to panic. The Phillies still at thirty-seven and twenty-eight. They are in first place. Granted, the Braves have been playing really good baseball. And that game against the Marlins yesterday, they won. They were down five to one and battled back in the ninth. Ronald Acuna gets a stud, a three-run homer, ends up tying it. Then in the tenth, the Braves take a six-five lead, and the Marlins in the bottom of the tenth tie it back up. And then ultimately in the 12th, the Babes would take the lead again and not relinquish it. Now only a game back. The Mets six back. The uh, the Nationals uh, back as well. Obviously, it's really been the um, it's really been the the Braves that we've been worried about here. Is the uh, right now the Nationals? Excuse me. The Mets are five back. The Nats are seven back. And the Marlins 13 back. As uh, the Phillies still look, the Phillies still with the third best record in the National League at the moment, tied with the Cubs in terms of winning percentage. 
Um, actually, slightly 571 to 569. So right there with the Cubs, tied in record but not winning percentage. The Brewers a half game better than both. The Dodgers, of course, at 45 and 21, still pacing the rest of the National League as they are running away from things. Uh, but look, the Phillies are playing good baseball, and I know the Braves um, are too. But right now you have to be happy where the Phillies are at. Well, look at the schedule coming up. It's about to get interesting. It's about to get real coming up as the three with the Diamondbacks we'll dive into coming up here um, at Citizens Bank Park to start this week, Monday through Wednesday. But then it gets really interesting. Then all of a sudden it's National League East teams until the All-Star break straight through. So we'll dive into that as well. And, of course, uh, uh, look ahead um, to this matchup coming up with the Diamondbacks. And a quick thought on Gabe Kapler. I want to share with you as well. All that coming up and more in just a minute. It's Philly Stage, James Seltzer. We're coming right back.